Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Brian. It's a privilege to be here. Um, and uh, I'm so excited. Oh, closer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I would say uh, I, I'm blessed to be here with Pastor Brian uh, because uh, I see something in his heart like, like, He's for me like angel um, because uh, he opened the door uh, to me, uh, pray and stay in one vision, what we have for Vancouver, Portland area. Yeah. Uh, because um, God just called me, move from uh, Sacramento to Vancouver, plant new church, uh, like house of God's glory church. Yeah. And... And I see many nationalities, like four nationalities in our church. And uh, many people, drug addicted, many people uh, uh, have uh, like problems with alcoholism, problems with uh, uh, vanity, like busyness, you know. And we, we try to bring revival in this area. Uh, I can share more, but... Uh, for me, it's limited eight minutes space. I mean, <laughs> because, uh, but in my heart, I would say, um, uh, my heart and and my soul and whole of me uh, is uh, like briefing revival in this area because I know God is going to do something special in our area and. And thank you that you started praying for us and keep us uh, in your church like missionaries and, and, and Pastor Brian, uh, like, uh, like my brother, I believe he's my brother in, brother, in blood of Jesus, you know. Amen. He's like, like um, say, I will pray for you every morning uh, with our church. And I tell you what happened. I mean, I'm, I'm glad our church has a revival and I know for sure that your church will have the same. And I cannot be silent to say it because when I was staying there, I, I, I keep myself, don't go and not to preach and not prophesying to you. I would, uh, I, would, uh, I would do that, you know. I just say, Lord, help me to stay silent here. You know, it's so, so much inside me was in my bones. I mean, like... Uh, uh, power of God that I felt what God is going to do here and, and let me tell you that it's inside my heart and, and I, wrote, I, I, I um, was uh, reading those our questions what Pastor Brian sent us and I want to answer right now for you and even Lord told me when I was praying today here Lord spoke to me what to tell you and, and it will be at the same testimony what we're doing in church and maybe it will be a blessing for you. Uh, if you come to church, just only sit in your chair, I said you're poor. But if you come to church and bring power of God, you, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you like uh, wanted to see changes in your community, I tell you, uh, your church will be packed in the next three months. It's, it's what I have what I had inside. It's what we started, what we started doing in our church. We wanna we ask 
every person who come to church and say, hey, what do you pray? What is your vision? What God wanted to do in your life? Uh, what you would, uh, what you would, uh, how you can help, how you can stay with us. Even, even just like simply pray, just what you would do. And I see when, when people begin answering, I was surprised. We, we started asking every, like ask every person. And when people started to do something, they begin to touch many lives. You know, and even I, I was, I was surprised when we, we start, we, we start to, to do like a group, groups by ages in our church. And I was surprised. My daughter was sitting next to me. It was like uh, a new, like young couples. And she said to me, I want to testify once in church. I said, you didn't tell me the house when I was in home, but you tell me now. I was surprised. I even don't know what my daughter can do, you know. And then I, wow, said, Karina, you touched my heart. Of course you can testify. When? Next Sunday I'll give you testify place. And I was really surprised how people just don't want to go to uh, come to church and just sit and watch. But people want to be involved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when you're involved, when you feel like you... Uh, part of this church and you want to see changes around you, you will come here and say, hey, what I would do? Sorry, I'm a I'm, I'm missionary evangelist. I'm pastor, but I'm missionary evangelist. What I would do? How I, can, how I can help? Please just help me to find myself. I tell you, if God would answer to you that question right away, you will see power of God upon you and you will go and reach people and you will be see changes first. In your family. Because I believe revival comes from your family. Your wife will be touched. Your children will be touched. Then you go to your relatives will be touched. And then relatives to another relatives. And then to people who we know. And revival just spreading. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. It's what I feel. Even I, when, when pastor, before pastor prophesied, God spoke to me too. I know he prophesied right. Hallelujah. Yeah, because God spoke to me first. And then I, I was kept myself, Lord, forgive me. I will, I will be silent in this morning. But I heard like he prophesied. Hallelujah. I said, oh, hallelujah. You know, if you will be silent, God will, will, will use Brian. Don't be silent. Open your mouth. I'm sometimes people, you know, people sometimes proud when they come to church and just sit and be nice and not open their mouth and say they're holy, you know. And, but I know, I tell you, you need to be like movable in church, yeah. you know. And even I sometimes say to church, hey, stand up. Don't be silent. Oh, they look at me. What are you going to do? Oh, I wanted you to do something in church and put hands upon your neighbor. And they just begin moving church. I want the church be alive. Amen. I know you that want this. We want the church be alive. Amen. Hello? Yes. You want to be alive? Yes. Amen. If you want to be alive, you need to just put before self like goal. What I want to reach. What I want to do. Why I came in this earth. What I, I need to answer for call of God. And I know for sure. I know for sure. Because I, t I tell you one, one testimony. One guy came to our church, 
And people know that guy. I don't know why, like in some moment, the Lord just spoke to my heart, go to that guy. And I go and prophesy to that guy. And Lord said to me later, only he will touch people who nobody knows, only he knows, that guy. You know, I just want to tell you, you have a specific people in your life, only you will touch them. Not Pastor Brian, not me, I never met them. But I know for sure, God has some people, only you in charge. Only, only you responsible. And I tell you, I feel it from, from my heart and my head and my body, spirit of God, that God is telling you, go for them, reach them, talk to them, pray for them. And you know, we put, in, we put go in our church, just pray for one person in a year. Just find any person in your own family, pray for a year, and try to talk to one, no 10, no 20, one of them. Pray for one person. And if you will see, if you will take one, church will double. If God will touch them. But I know God has more. Amen. And second, when God sees, it's like revelation right now. But second, when God sees that your church trying to reach people, trying to touch somebody. You know what happened? Lord spoke to me to different person from Texas. Called to me and said, Lord spoke to me, he's prophesying, because you are for souls, you want to reach Vancouver, and Lord, Lord see that, and Lord saying that I will bring people to you. Thank you. You know, when, when you even just begin to think about that, pray and do, next what God will do, God will bring people. Why? Because you are expecting. You are ready for that. And then we begin to see in our church, Lord, begin bring people. But God will never do with lazy people. Never. God want to be that we would work in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm preaching. I mean, I'm sharing and I'm live and just love me, you know. Hallelujah. I, you know, because I, I'm, I'm saying that it's easy to say to me because, you know, I don't know you. I know Brian. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, but I'm just saying the truth of God. Because yeah. we for souls. Amen. Amen. And, and, and second, and second, and last thing what I want to say. Please build relationship with people. People don't want to just be in church. It's what I see. People want to meet. People want to drink coffee. People want to talk. People want, it's what we start to do in church. We do like group, like groups, like we have four groups right now. And people want to talk, people want to share, want to give questions about some hard place in Bible and ask people want that you would ask how are you and, and what is your problem and let's pray for me. It's what we do, relationship, build with people. And now we feel like it's our home. It's Hallelujah. our place. We love that place. We just, we don't want to live without that place, our church, you know. And I believe not a church that you'll be the blessed like place with God will use you because I tell you like 10 or 20 minutes when presence of God followed me here I know God is doing something great here. God bless you. Thank you for praying us. Amen. For praying for us. Amen. Go ahead. Just have a seat. <clears throat> it is easy to see how I fell in love with this guy. <laughs> 
Praise the Lord. He is about the kingdom and about Jesus. And uh, man, it ignites my fire more to be around him. <laughs> uh, Terry, would you come and uh, share? And then uh, we'll, we'll uh, start our interview time. This is another guy, I tell you. I, ha I had the, one of the, the biggest honors of Jill in my life was being in Italy and having him give us a personal tour, uh, not just because it was Terry Peretti, because the Spirit of God is over them as a couple, and it was obvious. And I desire to see the Spirit of God move in Jesus' name. And what an honor and privilege it was to be there. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brian. And uh, let's continue to pray for Anatoly and yes. his wife, uh, Ella, as they minister in Vancouver. And uh, he's still teaching the Ukrainian believers how to, how to give and how to tithe. And so, um, so they haven't come to the point yet where they're able to support him full time. And I think uh, you should consider Amen. seriously to, uh, uh, to support Anatoly or at least send a, a monthly offering to the U.S. Missions Department in Springfield. And that would help to sustain him. And... Uh, and you know, for a, a period of time until the church uh, over there uh, gets gets more on its feet financially. And, and God is doing great things among the Slavic people. And did you know that there are 30,000 Pentecostal Slavics in the state of Washington? Yay! And let me tell you, Hallelujah. if you have 30,000 Anatolis, we're going to see a change in, uh, in the state of Washington. Praise so, the Lord. So uh, continue to pray for him. Just, wouldn't it be great just to let him, just cut him loose and let him preach throughout the streets of Vancouver? Thank let him go. You, Lord. you know, just let him do the ministry of the evangelist because that's what he is. Yeah. And uh, Marcia and I work with the ethnic groups uh, throughout the state of Washington. And uh, uh, we go from, uh, there are 14 different ethnic groups that we have in the state of Washington. I'll be also speaking at a conference of Native Americans at the end of April, the Macaw tribe, the Quinault tribe. Uh, the, the Quileu tribe, and they and pray for our Native Americans. They want revival, and Amen. they are seeing people delivered by the power of God. And, Don, I just want you to put up a, few, a couple pictures, three pictures if you can. Uh, this is a group of Muslims that uh, I visited. Uh, well, they were Muslims. They're not Muslims anymore. This is Albania. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the young man there sitting to my left is the young pastor. He's 31 years old. Every person you see in that photo was a Muslim about six months ago. And today they are, they are believers and uh, being filled with the Spirit of God. And, and we're in this little village. And you probably wonder, well, what happened that all of these people became uh, believers? Well, let's look at another picture. See this, uh, this gruff-looking guy uh, to my, my right? Uh, his name is uh, Ramazan. And he was uh, an atheist. And he, lived, he worked with the uh, Communist uh, Party. And the, he was a communist soldier for 40 years uh, in the country of Albania. And uh, to his right, I can't see with the lights, but oh yeah, you can see it though. There's this little precious wife, isn't she sweet? And they, you know, they, you know, after being married 40 years, you know, you start to show your age. <laughs> I'm not there yet, right? <laughs> well, this little woman standing to my left was a paraplegic for over, over 20 years. She, had, she was not able to walk. She was paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, one day, and this is just a few months ago, all right, one day while she was in bed and her husband was off working, uh, the, whole, the, the Lord Jesus came into her room. Now, she was a Muslim, all right? Jesus came into her room, 
And, and I've never had the privilege of seeing Jesus. But one day, Brian, we're going to get to see him. But Hallelujah. <laughs> but this woman got to see him. Jesus comes into a room, and, and, uh, and she's, she's awakened by this, this person in, in, in bright light. And, and Jesus says, uh, I want you to get up off of your bed, and I want you to walk. <laughs> and you know what she did? She got up off of her bed, and she walked. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I want you to see the next picture. And there's her wheelchair. She's standing next to her wheelchair. And there's the young pastor. He says, he says Brother Peretti, I want, you to, I want her to show you her wheelchair. And so uh, she, she took me out into the courtyard, and there's her wheelchair. And so you wonder, well, how come all those people are sitting in her living room wanting to know more about Jesus? They were all Muslims, but now they're born-again, spirit-filled believers. Well, they knew this woman for over 20 years. They were, she was the neighbor to them, and all of a sudden, she started walking. Amen. And they asked her, how come you're walking? She said, Jesus came into my room and told me to get up Praise off of my God. bed and to walk. Hallelujah. And so I am convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh, and he loves us, and he wants to save us. And so scores of these neighbors in this village are coming to Christ because Amen. it is just a, it is a testimony that cannot be refuted. Amen. Now let's get back to her husband. He was an atheist. And he came home and saw her walking around. He says, what are you doing walking around? Where's your wheelchair? And she said, Jesus came into my room last night while you were working and told me to get up and walk. He says, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in Jesus. He says, this is ridiculous. And she says, well, I'm walking. He says, he says, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go down to the bar, and I'm going to get some coffee and something else to drink. And when I come back, if you're still walking, then I'm going to get on my knees and accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. <laughs> well, he went down to the bar and got some coffee and something else to drink. He came back, and lo and behold, she was still walking. <laughs> and so he got on his knees. And he, this, this atheist, and he said, in the name, I, I, I pray to you, Jesus, because you are the Lord and you are God in the flesh. And I accept you as Savior and Lord. And now he's part of the Bible study. Now, this is a Muslim country. The Albania is a Muslim country. But I just want you to know that Jesus Christ is building his church and the gates Hallelujah. of hell shall not prevail. Yes. It, wasn't any, Hallelujah. it wasn't any political power that took that woman and lifted her off of, off of that sick bed. It wasn't, any, it wasn't the Republicans or the Democrats. It was Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And let's not get our let's not get our kingdoms confused yes. here. We belong to the kingdom of God, Amen. and we pray for our leaders. Yes, pray for our leaders, but it's Jesus that's, that, that people need. And let's just continue to preach it. And so, uh, I'm going to give the microphone back to the pastor. Hallelujah, Anatoly, or ah, okay. Uh, he, I knew he was leaving quick. I was hoping he he wouldn't leave us that quick, but. <laughs> I'll go ahead and, and uh, have uh, Terry sit then, and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to talk. Um, Marsha can. Would you please? Thank you, babe. That, that would be my absolutely wife, apropos. Absolutely. Marsha's faithfully followed me around for 40 <laughs> Some years. <laughs> I am a poor substitute for Anatoly, though. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope that you can start to grasp 
I, I think and I pray God break the paradigm and the mindset of the church in America that we would say my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Everything that God gives us is useful if it is used properly. Once we begin to trust in it and think we have now learned how, we've lost. We have got to say and got to have our hope in Jesus. He is still the hope for the world. So, uh, again, it's just our our privilege uh, to have you here. And uh, I I won't ask, I know we asked this question last time about your calling, so I won't ask that. I know that you have have given us uh, clarity on that. But uh, obviously, this is such a powerful testimony. Don't ever let someone tell you God is not healing today. Don't ever let somebody tell you, well, God doesn't do that anymore like that. He does. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think sometimes our uh, blessings that we have been absolutely poured out with in our nation have become our nemesis because we have, we've gone to every other place other than Jesus. And Jesus is our only hope. Amen? So uh, can you tell us, I know that you were talking about 14 different people groups that are, that are in uh, uh, Washington uh, State. And, and uh, tell us, uh, uh, you know, now obviously you were on the field some 40 years. Uh, talk about... How's that different now? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, what, 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 what are you doing now that's different, I guess, maybe? Start with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in some ways, we're doing the same thing. Um, both Terry and I feel very comfortable with people who have a heavy accent or speak another language. Um, we go to Nigerian churches or Kenyan churches, and we don't understand a word of Swahili but still we feel comfortable. So our job is to let these people know that we're glad they're there. We are very glad that believers are coming into this country. God is calling them to the ministry. They are opening churches. They are evangelizing people that we can't speak to. I can't speak Ukrainian, but Anatoly can. And he can motivate other people to witness and to help grow the church. And so our job is to encourage these people and let them know that the Northwest Ministry Network is glad they're here. And uh, we love the immigrant people. And we're glad that God is calling them to the ministry. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. Uh, Obviously, you've, uh, you know, I I have written down here tell us uh, uh, a current victory of what God's done on the mission field. Obviously, we, we already have that. But uh, uh, I, I've got some questions here. But, but t- tell us, um, what, what do you see happening? Uh, what do you feel, do you sense happening uh, as you visit your churches? Like, what do you sense God, do you sense God doing anything? 
Well, God is using the immigrants to bring revival to the Pacific Northwest, uh, like Anatoly. I mean, he's a house of fire. Just put him down in the Vancouver Mall, let him go, you know. And, uh, and the other thing about the accent is people will listen uh, a lot of times. People will listen to the, uh, to, to the immigrant talking about Jesus a lot, a lot easier than when we talk to them. Because the, the immigrant doesn't know that he's supposed to be quiet. He'll just talk, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and so there is a great move of God. Um, some, of the, some of the greatest, the fastest growing churches in the city of Seattle are immigrant churches. Filipinos, uh, Africans, and, uh, and Hispanic. Whoa, we got a lot of uh, Hispanic. Lord. They're growing. Uh, these churches are, are they're, they're being blocked. They're, they're coming out of the woodwork like uh, mushrooms. Yes. Amen. So uh, Amen. that's God's plan. It's our job to help make them legal. And in fact, Anatoly's church, I was the one that signed the paper that uh, gave them the legal recognition as a general counsel of church so that when people give their offerings, it is uh, tax deductible. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this, this question comes in. It says, what has been the hardest thing you've personally had to deal with while ministering uh, what God has, uh, while ministering that God has been faithful to you in? Um, well, it's personal. It's our children. Um, when you go overseas and you take little kids with you, you're just, oh, Jesus, please let this be good for them too. And I've heard people say, well, God called you, but he didn't call the kids. I, I correct you. Uh, God has called the kids. And so I think the hardest thing was sending our kids off to boarding school. That about killed me. I couldn't even walk in their bedrooms for several weeks. Uh, they were 14 and 15 when they went. But it was such a good experience for them. Some good things are really hard. And some hard things can be really good. And trying to save your children from everything difficult maybe isn't in their favor. Some difficult things make them hang on to the Lord. And that happened in our case. Um, I remember our son was at SPU. And, you know, we drove up to the school and he had two little duffel bags. And that was all he took to school. And other kids were there with their pickups and you know, their sports cars and all the, you know, fine things that young people can have. And I said, honey, I'm so sorry. You know, two duffel bags and a pillow and no car. And he said, mom, I'm the only one who swam in the Mediterranean and skied on the Alps, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but God was faithful and good and with our children. Amen. Amen. I, I thank him. Amen. Amen. What a, what a great, what a great comment. Uh, I just want to reiterate, it's not always good for us to save our children from every consequence. Uh, sometimes it's good for us as parents to uh, walk with them, be there for them, but uh, sometimes they need to learn. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead. You were going to say well, something? I was just saying God is faithful. Uh, this, I, I learned this from my grandma. She says, God is a debtor to no one. If you give sacrificially to God, God is never going to be in debt to you. He's going he's to pay you back. And uh, we had to sacrifice our kids. You know, we, we took, we, it, was a, it was a family decision to send our kids off to boarding school. We, all four of us decided. But uh, our children are serving the Lord today. 
and so are our grandchildren. We thank God for that. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Okay, since my age is caught up with me, I have to, from time to time, put these on, even though it's difficult for me. So, uh, do you know if the sister in the wheelchair was asking for the Lord's intervention? What, was she seeking the Lord or asking in, in any way? She knew of Allah, and uh, her, her cry from her heart, by the way, her name is Silva. Her cry was, God, if you're there, if it's true that you're a merciful God, I need your help. And she was just calling him God, and lo and behold, <laughs> God is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> all right. And that's happening all over the Muslim world. Uh, by the way, uh, Muslims are coming to Christ by the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I have heard that that very thing that you just described is happening where, where Jesus will appear, come in and, and tell uh, entire community that has never even had a Christian witness at all of the gospel. And I'm a little jealous because I never had a chance to see Jesus. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, what? Oh, here comes another one. <laughs> when did you transition from overseas back to the U.S.? And, and what part of that has been difficult for you? It's a good question, especially being there as long as you had. Um, well, we were in Italy pretty close to 40 years, um, but in our heart of hearts, the last term, we knew it would be the last term. The Lord kind of, he lets you know these things. Sure. And um, so we begin to prepare, you know, psychologically for this big move and and I have to admit, for me, it, uh, I miss my Italian friends. I miss the Italian church. I miss the, the fervency that you find in overseas churches. You saw it with Anatoly. Mm -hmm. um, that just love for the Lord and, you know, boy, let's have church on Monday night too, you know, because Sunday's so good. That kind of an attitude. Um, but I was going to say, Living over there, I'm used to missing people. I've missed my family. When I, when I was over there, I missed my family. Now that I'm over here, I have my family, but I miss the people. So, you know, I'm just used to missing. And so I live with it. Um, and, but, but the Italian church has invited us back once or twice a year since we've been here. We'll be back again in August. And, and, you know, all the years that you guys had to support us, now they pay us to go. It's, it's amazing, you know, they pay for our ticket, you know, and rent us a car and take care of us. And so it's, it's cool. We've been home almost four years. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and, of course, it's a cultural thing. Americans are different than Italians. I mean, you know, Italians are different. You know. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, so diet is different. I'm used to pasta, and uh, so the diet is uh, more uh, diversified here. Um, Italians, they, they just, they have to hug you and kiss you on both cheeks. And uh, when I first got home, uh, after 40 years in Italy, I started kissing everybody, uh, men, you know, on both <laughs> cheeks, and I, 
and guys, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> and uh, so I mean, you know, some of those things. That's good. <laughs> uh, okay, what is the greatest need or needs that we can be praying for you right now, even though you're in uh, you know your home, but still ministering, obviously. Uh, your, your kids are serving the Lord, which uh, is a great testimony to your faithfulness to the Lord. Um, uh, but how is it that we can pray? What can we pray for? Pray that uh, these uh, people groups, these immigrant people groups, will be able to plug into uh, Anglo churches. You're an Anglo church. And, uh, and that's what helps them along. Like you've plugged in with Anatoly, and that really helps Anatoly because he, uh, he needs to feel like he belongs. And you have helped him to feel like he belongs. And, uh, and don't be afraid of the, of the foreigner. Uh, I think that in Acts chapter 8, the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, he walked around through Jerusalem for weeks probably, uh, wanting to worship God, and nobody paid attention to him. Yeah. And, he got a, and he got a copy of the scripture, and he started going home back to Ethiopia. You, and the Holy Spirit was probably saddened or maybe just slightly ticked. Uh, and he wakes up Philip in the middle of the morning and says, Philip, get up, run, run to Gaza because there's a man that's run, is going back home and he hasn't heard the gospel. And there were 5,000 believers in Jerusalem, but nobody talked to this black man. And so Philip ran down there and here is this Ethiopian eunuch trying to read the scripture. And, uh, and, and Philip says, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, no, how can I understand unless someone explains it to me? So get up into the into the carriage, and, and Philip was able to win him. So that's, that's what we need to do is not be afraid of the foreigner. Uh, yeah. start, start up a conversation. Don't be afraid of the burqa and the veil and all that. Just smile and become a friend because those people need Jesus. Yes, thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, let me ask you, even though uh, I, I don't know where you are on this, do you have anything where you are needing any kind of monthly or or, or any, do you have any kind of support that you are needing here while you're going out doing what you're doing? Uh, yes, if, if you want to, uh, you can help us with our gas money and our ferry money. Uh, we're like this whole month of March, we're out there every Sunday, uh, except for one and then on into April. So we need money for gas and, uh, and uh, McDonald's. <laughs> and, um, and what you do, in our case, you just send it to the, the Northwest Ministry Network in the name of Peretti, and it'll be put in our account. Great. Okay. But think of Anatoly before you think of us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going uh, to... Uh, what's that? Well, I just was clarifying with Marcia that Anatoly receives his offerings through Springfield. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to give you... Uh, two chances to give. We, we, we know that some of you may have been uh, a little surprised that we're, we're doing this. What we do with our missions week, we take an offering for all of the ones that are coming through. We have five missionaries that will be with us, uh, two that are here today, two that will be with us Wednesday night, one that will be with us this next coming Sunday. By the way, next Sunday is Faith Promise Sunday. I want to encourage you Fill out your faith promise cards. Continue. You guys are so faithful. Thank you, North Lake. You have been so faithful. And I want to encourage you, if the Lord would lead on your heart, maybe to uh, change your, uh, in, uh, in to increase your 
you're giving, that's wonderful. Maybe you're here and you haven't started yet. Jill and I started, and I thought this was a, such a leap of faith, and, and I just use it only for the glory of the Lord. I think our first uh, time that we thought of about even giving above uh, our tithe, and, and for this uh, city boy that did not raised in the church, tithing was a strange concept for me. When uh, I have to tell you the story, and, and I, I just was hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God, and finally, under the conviction of the Lord, I came to Jill and said, uh, Honey, uh, we really, we really, the Lord's speaking to me, we really need to be tithing. And she kind of had a strange look on her face, and I said, What? And she goes, Were we not supposed to be? <laughs> She'd been already writing the check out, and I hadn't known it. So praise the Lord. What I want to encourage you is this. Yeah, she was, she was born and raised on the pew of an Assembly God church. So, uh, but what I want to encourage you is this. I believe the first time we ever filled out a faith promise card, I think it was $10 a month. And it was a huge step of faith. For And I will tell you this. God will never be a man's debtor. I, I can attest to it. Every time Jill and I have taken a step of faith above and beyond our tithe to give to missions, God has met us there. So uh, we are going to next Sunday be talking to you about faith promise. Uh, if you uh, are going to fill out your one to just renew your faith promise, that's great. If you want to give for the first time or if you want to up your faith promise, whatever you're wanting to do. Uh, but today, we're going to be taking a special offering to bless just the five missionaries that are going to be ministering to us uh, during this week. So I'd like to ask our ushers to, to get ready and uh, thank you so much for being here with us. What, what a blessing it is every time you guys come. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited. Uh, uh, you know, I'm praying, God, change my paradigm. God, help me to realize uh, that you're the same God, the same God that healed the Albanian lady is the same God that wants to move in your family, move in our neighborhood, amen? Lord, as we get ready to give to you and your kingdom, God, I pray you'd bless this offering. I pray, Lord, uh, that bless everyone that can give, Lord, those that are just uh, finding out and are preparing, God, uh, for next week maybe. God, we just pray that this would be a blessing for your kingdom to those who are going to come and minister to us during this Missions uh, Emphasis Week, and we give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless as you give.
right. Would you stand with me, North Lake? Lord, I pray as we get ready to go out of these uh, walls, Lord, into your mission field, that, Lord, we would be intentional. Now starts intentional ministry, that, Lord, we would be intentional with your day, whether it's, Lord, uh, sending a, uh, maybe a note, a text to somebody that isn't here that needs to be encouraged, whether it's, uh, Lord, going out into the the places uh, that we are going to be going, and Lord, uh, let us be focused on your kingdom, ready to give the reason for the hope that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, North Lake. Have a great week. See you Wednesday night.